Welcome back to Slow County Public Policy and the Law, folks. We're listening today to Victor Gomez, who's the executive director of Citizens Against Lawsuit Abuse. And right before the break, we were talking about uh, the Private Attorney General Act that uh, allows private lawyers to essentially step in to uh, protect uh, employees under the Fair Labor uh, standards and Mr. Gomez was saying that the uh, lawyers got a third of the uh, awards, and I, I wasn't sure that was the way it worked. And so I just wanted to explore that with you, Victor. Yeah, yeah, it is, and that that's certainly the case. The state makes a, a substantial amount um, uh, of that portion as well, and you know, doing the math, a third, you know, a third to to the trial attorney, half to the state. Uh, really, that leaves about ten to twenty percent back to the actual consumer who in these cases was the one impacted, um, really leaves, again, in many cases, sometimes just, you know, dollars in your hand, which certainly shouldn't be the the case. So, yeah, we are excited about the uh, California Fair Pay and Employer uh, Accountability Act. Again, it has uh, qualified uh, to for the 2024 November ballot. And we are, you know, it's needed, right? This reform, we believe, at least it's, it's needed because these frivolous lawsuits brought under PAGA have cost California businesses billions, billions of dollars, all while workers are left really waiting years sometimes. Well, let me, let me ask you a question about that. Little. If it's a frivolous lawsuit, the uh, plaintiffs would not have won, would they? Or is yeah, there something you know, else and, happening and there? Again, yeah, you know, and, and again, in these cases, in many of these cases, it's, you know, uh, minor, minor issues, right, that that we really believe it shouldn't actually be, uh, you know, that we know that weren't necessarily harmful to the employee, right? But there are cases, right? There are certain cases where, you know, labor laws and workforce uh, laws are uh, are violated. And in those cases, sure, you could go ahead and, and sue. And, and in many cases, you may be awarded damages. But what we're arguing uh, as well, Sue, is that in many cases, you know, if you take away the, the, the 80%, 70 to 80% that's going to either the trial attorney or the state, and you just focus on the consumer, that payout by that business is, is different, right? If I'm a, if I'm a business owner and I'm going to pay out $2,000 for spelling somebody's name wrong instead of $10,000, Sometimes that's a deal breaker from keeping your business alive or not. Right? Let, me, let me ask so you a the question. Do you still get the thing? You, this, this might be a remedies problem, really. Um, you know, when I was in law school, we were taught there were rights and there were remedies. And, um, you know, in the, uh, in the bill we were talking about, SB 585, um, you all were pressing for uh, a business owner to get a warning if they had an, an ADA condition that needed to be corrected. Uh, is there any push to give employers a warning so that it can correct something like misspelling their employees' names or or uh, not putting on the pay stubs uh, the amount of uh, year-to-date or vacation pay so that they could correct yeah, that? you know. Yeah, that's, that's certainly something that we have um, explored um, in the past, right? Because these pilot lawsuits have, have increased um, tenfold in 20 years. Since 2004, when PAGA was actually law, um, in, in that short time frame, 
we have 10 times more PAGA lawsuits in California than we did 20 years ago, right? And so, yeah, in many of these cases, too, we there are opportunities to, to remedy the issue. The, the question is, does the legislature and, and the attorney general have the, the, the will and the courage to do it? Because one thing that I hope we talk about as well, Stu, is the amount of money that is going in. You know, we talked about briefly about political activity earlier. The amount of money spent by the trial lobby in Sacramento is insane. Millions and millions of dollars going into the pockets of campaigns for members of the Assembly or, or Senate Judiciary Committee just to buy their votes, right? And in many cases, a lot of the stuff makes sense, right? If you think to yourself, Stu, hey, should somebody be given, you know, 90 days, 120 days to fix an issue before getting sued? I think most common sense Californians would say, yeah, let's go ahead and get that done. But you'd be surprised how many times we've had bills like SB 585 attempt to make it and every year actually for the for the past four years there have been remedy bills specific around ADA law that have failed. But why have they failed? Right? Why do why don't they make it? I'll tell you right now, I think a lot of it has to do with the money that the trial lobby is spending in Sacramento lobbying and contributing to political uh to politicians in, in Sacramento, right? So it, the, really the question is, does the state legislature and the governor have the courage to step up, you know, for mom and pop shops throughout California and say, hey, we're tired of you guys being sued. Let's stop this. Let's fix the issue, not just pay out trial attorneys. Well, that's always uh, something that would be wonderful if we had a uh, world where there were no wrongs for trial attorneys to write. But um, yeah. the the uh, you know when I I wanted to not miss some of the other things that uh, you all were talking about at uh, Californians Against Lawsuit Abuse. One of the things you stressed was uh, Prop sixty five suits and uh, how lawsuits were preventing access to health care. Uh, I wonder if you could talk about. Uh, your positions on those things. Yeah, well, you know, in, in general, we're concerned with Prop 65 because, you know, in, in all honesty, it feels like every single opportunity you, 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 every time you go to the store and every product you pick up, you're going to have these Prop 65 labels, right? Whatever, whatever it may be, whatever car, potential carcinogen may be in that product or associated with that product whether, again, it's in the medical field or outside of it, it's, it's concerning because really these, these labels have really not worked, right? They just, and, and every well, I'll, year... I'll, I'll definitely there. grant you that. I think, I think the whole theory was that Prop 65 was going to let people, give people notice and uh, let them make their own choices about what they wanted to purchase or what buildings they wanted to go into based on whether there were carcinogens there. And, and that really hasn't had much effect as far as I can tell. Um, and I don't, I'm not sure there's a lot of disagreement about that. It, uh, the, the problem is the people of the state of California thought it was a good idea and passed it into law. Um, yeah. they, have, they have the ability, because we're a democracy, they have the ability to correct that kind of a mistake. Is there any move by uh, Californians uh, 
against loss of abuse or any other organization to uh, repeal or uh, revise Prop 65? Yeah, you know, we have had those discussions. Um, it's, a, it's a heavy lift, right? Uh, manufacturers in, in California and outside of California that are selling in California are very concerned. Is the appetite to do something there? Yes. Um, is the ability for us to, you know, raise the, the millions of dollars that are needed to gather signatures and qualify something for the ballot? Is that possible? That's a tough one. That's a tough one, Stu, because we spend so much time, I think, fighting more PAGA and, and ADA lawsuits um, uh, that it just it just makes it really, really hard for us to fight, you know, a number of battles at the same time. Though we will continue to expose some of these, um, you know, some of these issues because, you know, the, the list continues to grow. And I don't think that's what the voters thought when they approved Prop 65. That the that that the list of carcinogen products uh, it, it would continue to expand year after year after year, getting you to the point where almost literally every single product you picked up has a Prop 65 cancer warning warning label on it, and that doesn't help any of us, right? That if you see that label on every single product, you're just going to ignore it when you get to a certain point, right? So. We hope that as, as time goes on, we'll, we'll be able to continue to fight, you know, those efforts. Um, but unfortunately, as of right now, we don't, uh, we don't have, I don't, I don't see any light at the end of that tunnel. Folks, you're listening to Victor Gomez here on Slow County Public Policy and the Law. He's the Executive Director of Citizens Against Lawsuit Abuse. And, and Victor, you were talking about how difficult it was to get something on the ballot, um, do you have a sense for how much it costs these days to uh, gather all the signatures and qualify something for a statewide ballot measure? Oh, it's it's up there, you know. And, and as as you're as you're, I'm sure you're aware, Sue. It, it it takes a certain amount of signatures a previous election. So you you know you can you know how many signatures you're going to have to capture right and uh, in that period to qualify it for a statewide initiative. But there's in many of these cases, it's it's in the millions of dollars too. I mean, um, uh, from what I understand, at least even with the with the Fair Pay Act and a few others that have qualified for next year's ballot, they were over ten million dollars just to qualify the signatures. Just to get to that point, I mean, you're not even running a campaign yet. Thank you, All Victor. We're actually. we're going to have to wrap up for another break, and then we'll be back. All right. Stay tuned, folks. Uh, we'll be right back after a few ads. <laughs> 